Yes. 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 Levels. Levels. Yes. Levels. Levels. Us. Us. Me. Him. Me. Him. You know what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome again. It's been a long time, y'all. We shouldn't have left you. Without a dope podcast to step two. Oh, what's up? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is Stakes is High. The Black Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Troy Hunter, at Tall Black Guy, a.k.a. Ill Gates. And I'm your boy, Terry Gant, a.k.a. Doc Midnight, a.k.a. Dread October. And it has been a while. And it's our own fault because we are horrible <laughs> at scheduling. It's life. It's life, man. <laughs> we are not the best it's, at the scheduling. It's life. It's life stuff. But we are here now because we got to give it to you, y'all. We got to give it to you the way you want to get you the, the way we you're used to us giving it to you. So we gonna we gonna we gonna get right into this thing. We gonna get right into it because we believe and give you more podcasts for your time, for your commute, for your driving to see your in laws, for. Random iTunage, whatever. Just forgive us if there's like a little bit of like ring rust. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> it could be a bit because apparently, like July might have been the last time we did this. Was yeah, it July? Yeah, about that. Right. right. Yeah, you know, was it like? It was July. Yeah. Seems about right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Here we go again. We are here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get into it. Let's man. do it. Let's get into this. Let's. We're gonna go on some positive. We're gonna go on some positive. We're gonna start go on positive. Some positive. All right, we'll start positive. Okay. All right. Things we like. Things we like. Things we like. All right. You have some things I know you like and you yeah. want to share with the people. Okay, so it's fall, and, like, um, when fall comes around, so I do a lot of, like, walking and cycling, and, like, my, my new thing is I try to get up, uh, um, I get up early because I'm up early because my wife gets up early, and lately, and I don't know exactly what precipitated this, but I've been doing this thing that the, the, the last couple of days it wasn't possible to do because we were traveling. But, like, when my wife gets up early and she leaves early for work or whatever, I've decided, ah, what the shit, I'll get up off the couch and I'll go and, like, do a pre-dawn run. Let's try that, right? Because, I mean, I used to run all the time. I ran in high school, right? I was, I was, I, mean, I go to the, we go to the gym, right? And because of my boy Bryant, like, I got into lifting and that was kind of fun, if not ridiculous, right? I'm not him, you know? <laughs> but, like, the running thing... What the shit? Uh, let me try running through the neighborhood, right? And let me tell you, if you're going to attempt pre-dawn runs, you should probably attempt it when the air temperature is at least in the 60s. Because trying that shit when the air temperature is somewhere in the 50s, nay, the 40s, <laughs> is really kind of a bitch. When you're also suffering from allergies, and you got to run down the street in the dark, and you're coughing up a lung on the side of Ridge Road. It ain't pretty, right? But, like, you know, you get a mile or two in, and it's like, oh, shit, I did that. As you crawl up your front steps, <laughs> athlete, y'all. Like, it felt great. <laughs> it felt great. It how, felt great. After, how, after how long did it take you to recover for you to feel great? So, like, I think in my case, I kind of felt like once I was in the house with the door safely closed and locked behind me and the evil world outside, behind that, inside that door, I felt fine, <laughs> right? Like, the sun's coming up. You're coming down the block, and you're just like, you can see your house in the, in the distance, and you're like, Yes. This is going to be over soon, you know? And you're not even thinking, tomorrow I'm going to do it again. You're thinking, I just did that. I just did it, right? I just did it, right? So, like... <laughs> let's live in the moment. Let's yeah, not plan for that. literally what it's like. It's like, yeah, let's, let's do that, right? That's been my thing. But it's, it's largely because fall is, like, my favorite season. Okay. And to some lesser extent, spring, but mostly because the temperatures are perfect, right? I like, I like that cold, chilly, miserableness, what the fuck that wet right? clamminess that other people hate hmm. all day. Okay. As, as as Wallace said, this is me all day, yo. 
right? Like, I love that. So what I really like is when new music comes out in the fall or in the early spring because, man, I'm into it extra hard because I'm out in the weather everybody else hates, right? And then I get hit with, like, new Haken. Haken just dropped a new album called Vector, right? They're touring on it right now. It's a little weird for me that a band is touring while, like, in the middle of a tour, the new album comes out. Usually your new album comes out. And then you, you people listen, and then you go to to support the damn thing. This album came out towards the end of this tour. So they're coming to Chicago. The last date of their current tour with Leprous is in, like, December. So it's already November, right? So they were teasing this album for like the last month, a month and a half, or two months or whatever, right? They were kind of like on, hey, new album's coming. They would drop, like, uh, a track here. They would drop a track there. If you're on Spotify... You're a fan of Haken. You basically got like three of their songs, two or three of their songs, like over the last two months, right? For like an album that I think is like a seven-song album, because um, progressive metal bands release albums. They're not they're not rappers, right? They don't they don't need to do mixtapes. We're we gonna start. We're right? we so, gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do that. All right. No, we uh, I described stay on brand. And I stay on brand. You stand on brand. Come on, son. What? So look, we told them this is what they're gonna get. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Haken, if you don't know, I mean, I might have talked about them before, but I described. Haken uh, to somebody over the weekend as Dream Theater if Sting were their lead singer. Right? It's like it, it's it's the musicality of Dream Theater, all of it, all that, all that technical like prog metal stuff. Okay. But the the tone of the vocals is that high pitched raspiness that Sting pulls off. It's a very distinctive sound that a lot of singers just don't do. Not a, a lot of guys singing in A, right? But Ross Jennings is doing that. Okay. And it's the stuff that they that they write is really complex and really cool and accessible. It's not so inaccessible that like somebody can listen to them for the first time and be like, I don't know what the hell I'm listening to, right? They're not like okay. like technical death where it's you know just hitting you over the head with stuff. A lot of time changes and shit, but there's also some jazz and some techno in there. And every so often there'll be like a song that has like a bit of like dubstep in there or whatever, but it's still metal, right? Mm. Um, but they did a thing with a song called Puzzle Box uh, before they released the album. Where they, they, they put Puzzle Box out there on the internet, but they put it out in different, um, they kind of chopped up the song, okay. and they didn't release it in order. So that you, if you were listening, depending on when you found whatever they were, like, like Puzzle Box Part A or B or C or whatever, okay. you didn't know if you had the beginning of the song, middle of the song, end of the song, or something like a solo section. So you had to like listen to all the parts and figure out what order they went in. Because it literally, the song was a Puzzle Box. That sounds like something you can argue on the internet about. Which Haken fans argue about dumb shit, but they argue peaceably about it, so I don't really care. Like, I almost never say anything in the Haken community, because it's like, why do I need to? It's, it's, they literally, like, there is no, you're a dumbass, sit down moment for this fan base. Really? You know? There's no, obviously, C is the first part. Like, there's not no, really. It's, there's not okay. a lot of that. And I'm shocked. It's fans of music on the internet not doing the thing fans of music on the internet do. What? Right? Just not doing it. You know, it is really freaking weird. So um, that so the new Haken is out. It's called Vector. Um, it's their albums often are like uh, like um, I guess uh, they're themed. Okay. There's like a story behind it or whatever. Okay. This is so the last album had this kind of like a sci-fi sort of a sci-fi theme going on with like space exploration and like even a little bit of like a, a, a they had a song called 1985 that was basically designed to sound like it could have been made in 1985 with like those like kind of those 1980s kind of synth sounds <laughs> if you're watching like a, a Total Recall or something like that that you might hear for like scores of movies like that had some of that this a lot of this album has to do with like um, uh, sort of like um, 
being institutionalized in like a facility in which you're there for your own best interest, you know, with a doctor who is prescribing you the best possible thing, but he ain't necessarily the best doctor for you because your best interest versus his best interest, it, okay. that kind of thing. So, you know, it's kind of cool. Okay. Um, okay. But they're, so they're, gonna, they're touring behind this with a band called Leprous that I'll, I'm also a big fan of. And I don't, I hope Leprous got something new coming out, but so far, I don't think they do. I think they're just touring behind their last couple of releases or whatever. And they're more of what I refer to as death opera as their style of music. Um, I also discovered that uh, Baroness and Macedon, both bands, have released new music lately. And they're, if you're like in the stoner rock, Baroness and Macedon both are kind of for you, and I'm not in the stoner rock. And a little, Baroness and Macedon a little goes a long way for me because they're just kind of, their sound is so damn muddy, even though it's also complex. If you like High on Fire and, and, and bands like that, then you love these bands. But both of these new releases are awesome, and I don't even like stoner shit. Right? I don't like muddy metal. I just don't. But I love both of these releases. And I'm listening to, like, I'm adding songs, various songs to different playlists. And sh- I'm enjoying it because it sounds like music I ought to listen to in the fall. Okay. You know? Things to listen to in the fall. In the fall. Right. When, when, when other people are dreading how miserable it is to go outside where your lungs are just seizing up, I think to myself, it's going to be worse. This is great. Right? It's music for that form of, like, depressed optimism. It's what I live by. Depressed optimism. Hell yeah. Yep. Okay. That is me. That, that's, my, that's my aesthetic. Right there. <laughs> Depressed optimism. Yeah. Okay. What you got? Am I even... I'm not, I'm not even optimism. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stay depressed. I, depressed. I may just like cynical... Not, no, not cynical pessimism. Cynical pessimism. Maybe that's my thing. Just, yeah, but that's like... That's, it's going to get bad and it's going to get worse. That's, so, eh, that's whatever. oftentimes the Chicago way. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I would probably say that... You, that's how you know Chicago's beating all the LA out of me. Because I was wondering about that. I was really like, yo, it's going to be sunny tomorrow. It's 70 degrees. Because that's what California does. We had three or four of those days. We did, summer. and I loved that shit. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. Bathed in it. But was you, outside. You know at some point, I know. the Lord's going to do you right and get rid of those days. No, no, that's going to do me wrong. It's like a blues song. that's going to happen is like a blues song. Skin cancer. It's going to do me wrong. Oh, as opposed to vitamin D deficiency? You can take a pill for that. You can take a pill for that. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably vitamin D and oranges or something. Eat fruit. Get, get your seasonal. Get your sad light on. No salt lamps. There's people in our listening audience right now who have salt lamps. No, I have sad lamp. I have a sad lamp. You know why? Cause I have to. <laughs> don't think about it like I have to. I have think, to because otherwise like, I'm like. Think about it like you have living art. I like get. In I get home art. in January. My wife's like, "How are you doing, man?" Think about this shit. It's bullshit. And I go and I just mumble and like I just go off and sit in the room and play video games. Cuddle with like five layers of stuff, even though it's 70 degrees in the house. All right, it's we're going gonna to get this. worse. It's going to get fix worse. This. We're going to fix this. Oh, we can, no. I'm going to help you. There's no can, one better can, can you to make help the, you can than you me. Make the, can you make the sun come out? Sort of. Then you, no, you can't. You uh, cannot. Uh, 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 you cannot. You've not seen me at the full height of my power, sir. Now we just talking shit. Now we just oh please oh now we just talking all sorts yeah. of shit now. Anyway, anyway, Try to get my alchemist on. No. <laughs> okay, I got you. Okay. Um, music wise, um, rest in peace to Roy Hargrove. Roy Hargrove was forty nine years old, one of the youngest cats like 
when I was getting into jazz and I was getting into all the old people, I was getting into like the Wayne Shorter and I was getting into Dexter Gordon, all these people. Right. It was impressed on me like, yo, you know, jazz is dead, jazz is dying because all these old dudes, you know, they were, were I'm, I'm essentially listening to music that was made in the 60s and 70s. Right. Um, all the Blue Note stuff, all the Verve stuff, all the Impulse stuff, Coltrane, all this other stuff that basically no one had done. Like they did this stuff in back in the 60s and 70s and then there was this huge dearth of material until arguably like Herbie Hancock made um, um, started doing electronic shit and then we got into funk and everything else but it was always impressive like yo Roy Hargo was one of the young lions right um, him Branford Marsalis because fuck Winton fuck Winton fuck Winton um, so him Branford the other Marsalises um a lot of the younger dudes who were just taking it, taking their, taking jazz and doing like, let's put some hip hop in this, yeah. let's put some Latin in this. And Roy Hargrove was always one of those dudes. Is like, you know, he was on trumpet, which is my thing, and he was always apparently always down to work with anybody. Right. And that's I love. I have his. So over the last couple of days, um, he was supposed to be in Chicago on the second. Was in fact because um, near in Evanston where we live. Branford, I think, is coming there. Yes. And Roy Hargrove was on the bill. Yes. Yeah. Roy, Har- Roy Hargrove, too, was with Branford Marsalis. Yeah. And he was, they, were playing the C, they were playing the CSO. And he was supposed to, and every year he came back, he would come back and play a jazz showcase. Yeah. And um, I've been listening to RH Factor, which is, well, I think, the, one of the first albums I heard from him, which was just like, it was like taking the stuff that I had liked about older jazz, taking that stuff like, um, from the Lee Moore, like the trumpet players I really liked. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you know, we're going to make this not accessible, but, you know, we got different backing now. We got people, you know, he he worked a ton with Questlove and all those guys, the Soul Aquarian crew, and you heard all of this, and he was, and he apparently was tireless. Like, he just worked with everybody. He didn't care. And so I've been listening to RH Factor and a couple other things uh, from him in the past couple of days just – like and it was forty nine, yep. Um, um, complication from kidney disease. Like it was just, you know, it, it's not, you know, to say that he influenced. He influenced a bunch of people, a bunch of people who, you know, my age and younger, because we were de- we were dealing, we were listening to old, mostly dead people, right. And now here's a dude coming along, and he's hitting you with that. He's hitting you with that brass sound. He's hitting you with. You know, he's down with people that you like. He's down well, with- he wasn't like, I think it, for me, it's like the generation of jazz artists that came up who were not just so completely like kind of stuck in stuck. everything that happened from 1969 back, right? Right. So when I got into jazz, um, I discovered, you know, your Thelonious Monks and your Miles Davises because those are dudes who were like, Miles was still alive when I was a kid, yeah. right? So, like, there's a lot of the, that happening, but also Weather Report was happening. Yeah. And Weather Report were kind of like the progressive rock of jazz artists, right? Yeah. So, like, a lot of those guys. But then when I, uh, as a drummer, when I was really getting into drums and wanting different drum sounds that weren't just rock-oriented drum sounds, I was, like, paying attention to, like, well, who's doing this now in other fields that are that are moving things forward? And I discovered drummers like Terry Lynn Carrington and T.S. Uh, Monk, like Thelonious Monk's son, no, yeah. who was a drummer. And those guys were doing that thing that Roy Hargrove was doing, which is taking jazz from 1956 and moving, and it, up. moving it up yeah. into whatever where we might be in the 90s at that point in yeah. time, you know? And Roy Hargrove was one of those guys that, for the trumpet, was basically saying, hey, 
You know, jazz does not just have to be all the old dead guys. Yeah. Or even from my point of view, in order to enjoy jazz, jazz cannot be just for academics. Right. Right. For That's academics kind of to argue about because once academics got the hooks in, like <laughs> we have, that, we have discussed this. Fuck jazz. That 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 did it. Yep. The academics ruin everything. <laughs> academics right? ruin. They I ruin think, everything. I think we've we've talked about yeah. this. We've they don't mean it. The, they're, they're they're not doing it like. Yeah. They're not, not doing it maliciously. It's not malicious. They're not doing it maliciously. It just but happened. man, when you see a dude like with elbow patches into some shit you was trying to get into, you just want to go the other way. Like, let me bro, give you, you a polem- let me give you a polemic on why I'm out. Nah. this is dead. Nah, nope. It's you're in the room. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I would not like to listen to your polemic. I don't want to. I don't want to pay for your article. Yeah. I don't want to read your treatise. I think sometimes this has come down to like this thing that like a lot of us are going to go through as we get older is like a lot of the cats that like that were big shit when we were kids they're dying right yeah. you can accept that as you get older more of them start to die and sometimes I have this thing that happens with me where it's like I didn't know that artist who just dead who just died was still alive yeah right but now it's guys who are like your age yeah. Who you didn't realize were actually your age. Yeah. Right now they're dying, right? Yeah. Like Roy Hargrove, I just saw, like, before me and my wife went out of town, I just saw, like, Roy Hargrove is coming with Bradford. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. You know? A little bit of disposable income. It'd be cool to go see a show like that. I was just explaining. I was like, we were getting in the car, and I'm like, Bradford's coming. And she was like, oh, the Marcellus is like, when? And I was like, fuck, when? Fuck, when? Right? But, but you know, and I was like, the whole bill. I was like, but that's, that's a cool, yeah. that's a cool set, yeah. you know? And then you just end up being like, damn, wait, I just saw that fucking poster. That dude's dead? Yeah. Oh, hell no. Right. You know, like if you, it's like waking up, if you're a rock fan, I'm a rock fan, you wake up and you find Slash died. And you'd be like, Slash died? Wait, from Guns N' Roses? The <laughs> hell? With the, with the hats going in the casket? What the shit? It's kind of like that. Like, like Roy Hargrove is that important to like modern jazz. Yeah. That like somebody basically, like there's guys like him and like, like, these dudes are basically like when Kenny Kirkland died, right? I was like, but but he was on Dream of the Blue Turtles. He can't be dead. Like I watch, I bought the VHS. <laughs> Kenny Kirkland can't die, right? And it's, but yeah, man. Like I guess, I mean, I don't know, man. I suppose health is everything. You know what I mean? I mean like it can happen to sure. any of us so. for sure. Like you know, so like those gotten him, Nicholas Payton, like a bunch of. Young dudes who are Michael around Brecker. my age, Michael. Oh, fucking right. Michael, Michael Brecker died. When, like we were just we were talking about it one day, and it was like Michael Brecker is dead. And I was like, he's not dead. His album's awesome. <laughs> I remember. I had saw. I two months before he died, I saw Michael. I saw Michael Brecker at Ravinia, because him and um, Herbie and him and Herbie and um, and Wayne Shorter did an album together. Yeah, okay. And they went out to Ravinia. Cool. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And he was dead two months later. Like, yeah. This is bullshit. That's like, bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. Why is this happening? <laughs> and like I said, and Michael Brecker was older. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, I just I just can't get stuck on Ray Hargrove was 49. Right. And. We're the same age I am. You know, and he really, and like he even planned for like 25 years and shit. Like right. he was, he was grinding. He was. Right. Everybody so you started him. as a young dude, yeah. and you get it in. You get it right. in. You were, dude was a legend before he was 25 years, and yes. Dude was a legend before he was 30. Right, right. You know, they like, you know, this is going to be the next one right and here. And in some musical industries, when you come out hot out of the gate like that, and you're in your mid-20s, people do a lot of work to make sure you don't get there. Yeah. Right? They kind of put a lot of shit in your way. You know, some artists kind of, like, uh, this is why a lot of, like, you get jazz artists doing, like, crossover shit, because it is a way to kind of go around the dude's 
who are telling you you didn't put your time there, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you can get there, if you can get 25 years in by the time you're 50 and be a legend before you're 30, it means you really did keep doing your damn thing. Yeah. Like the Marsalis family had, a, there was a rift because Winton didn't like that Branford did that shit with, with Omar Hakeem and, yeah. and, and Kenny Kirkland and Daryl Jones and all that when he played with Sting. Like, oh, Winton Marsalis shit on that. And it was like, well, but people are going to hear what we do. Sure, the raspy voice white dude is like trying to like you know play guitar on this or whatever the hell. But honestly, like he doesn't know what the hell is going right. on right now. Right. You know, we're doing a thing. We're doing we're doing cool. a thing. We're moving forward. Dope. We're going to and fuck with just fuck with. Yeah. Anyway, but um, that's what I've been on. Um, you I have mean, a jazz playlist on Spotify or anything? Like I don't. Have, I'm not. On I Spotify. have one. I'm not on Spotify. All right. Um, because Spotify never really works for me very, very well. Like oh, really? the actual program never really works very well. Never works for me very well. I see it's a good, you know, kind of uh, kind of cataloging kind yeah. of thing. I get it, curating kind of thing. I get it. I just haven't moved over to it. Um, well, I'm going to post my Spotify jazz playlist to to these cats if you if you if you, if you, if you care for as much prog metal as I talk about. I'll post my prog metal playlist too if you want that. But you might actually be in a, you know. What, what do the people want? But see, what I, what I used to do. Which people was might great. actually want the jazz playlist more, honestly. They might. I realize that only you love my prog metal talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the people love it, man. The people love it because you like it, they love it. You were giving the people Excellent. what they didn't know they wanted. They didn't know. You didn't know. You didn't know That's you in fact true. If I ever give you a gift, you will open the gift and you will look inside most of the time and go, oh. This is awesome. Graphic novels. And you may not even read graphic novels, but you got graphic novels because you need them graphic novels. I don't actually ask you what you want first. I just give you the thing I think you ought to have. Yeah. That's what I do. All the time. Oh, uh, yeah. I know. Wedding I'm gifts and all. I'm, I'm aware. We're aware. Um, so, no, I mean, uh, so on a music tip, that's, you know, like, I'm just... Oh, and actually, You're going back in your hard growth catalog. I, I'm, I'm going back in the, like, the, the, the young lions. As sure, sure. Him, okay. Nicholas Payton. Um, a few other, few other cats um, who are coming up. Branford. Yep. Um, I, I mean, what is a is, is a project, and this has come up. So I'm digitizing my wife's CDs. Okay. My wife is on that '90s R&B, you know, kind of some some reggae. Yeah, I performed your wedding ceremony. And I'm was aware. Great, <laughs> and was great. So I have to take these. So she has all the CDs in the in the in the, in the thing. So I just take it out, pop it in the thing, let it encode sure. and pop it out, and yeah, I yeah. put another one in. So I'm looking through and like, you know, <laughs> you got the Joe to see. You got the you you got yeah, yeah. Uh Russia, you got um you got oh shit, you got uh Sean Paul. Dude, I just I'm I'm laughing, you know, this is D'Angelo next. Of course. Uh, one genuine, genuine. No genuine. No genuine. No genuine. No genuine. She didn't do genuine. What? Um, I'm shocked. There's a bunch of other stuff, but it's just so kind of. Like, Avant. And <laughs> no. No. Amory, maybe. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's right. Amory. Um, Mary J. You know, just sure. all shit like okay, that. I see that. So I'm just going through and like I'm laughing. It's just like you listen to this, really. And then I have to like, well, when I did after I digitized this, let me go and copy it over. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, you, you know, you, you got your Ralph Tresvant. You got, you a man got, with sensitivity. Man with sensitivity. A man like me. Shout out. Yes. Sky point for sensitivity. Whereas, always class. <laughs> so that's been fun. That's been fun to do. But that's that's the music I'm on right now. Just 
just keeping it. Um, hip hop is still like there's a bunch. Like Vince Staples released a thing. Like people are releasing albums. Waiting for actually next week. Anderson Park. Anderson Park is my dude. Okay. Um, love his shit. If y'all not up on Malibu was his last one, and the one before that was Venice. Um, great. He's a drummer. Um, has a, has a, has his own has his own band. Sure. Um, singer, songwriter, rapper, the whole thing. He's very like and prolific as all shit. Just he's cranking out stuff, and it's all pretty soulful. It's all really got a it's got very a good cool. vo- good vibe, good groove to it. Um, the lyrics will make you laugh. The lyric, you know, he's like he's never too heavy. Right. Um, that album's not that's album um, Oxnard that is out next week. I'm on that shit. That shit's pre-ordered. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely get on that and pack. Um, huge, huge fan. Other than that, no, you're just catching up on old stuff. A lot of it, I have to, I'm in a group. I'm actually in a Facebook group. And I think this is where I think this, the, the, the what do you call it? The, the joy of social media is getting around people who like the same shit you like. Yep. I'm in a group. It's a closed group, but I'm in a, a music group where we're naming, like, Music question for the day, like, or whatever. Okay. And no one is being a dick about it. Okay. Because that's what music fans don't sure. really do. Um, so it's like best side A, side B, you know, um, on a single. And, you know, the, the print stuff comes up. Yep. That kind of thing. You know, you know, song to chase away the Best Mondays. side A. Best side A. One on the Meta- Metallica's one cassette single. Because side B was Bread Fan. Their budgie cover. Which I had never heard that before, and the first time I heard that, like I was blown away by Metallica's ability to play cover songs. And I didn't know it was a thing. They played them, and when they played them, they played them unproduced, so they didn't like totally knobs. They just plugged in and went straight into the amps. And they're really good at cover songs when they're unproduced and they want to play actual good shit. Yeah, I think. And then they did another one where I bought like something else from like like maybe the shortest straw as a cassette single and the b-side was like the prince you know and it was fucking great the prince might be in, like the original band might be diamond head or somebody like that i don't know i don't remember but i love their cover of the prince continue <laughs> that's what we are so that's good I mean, so that's the thing is so because i'm like i haven't gone through i've been in the group like a week and people are hitting like this is new. This is, you know, new release Friday. Yeah. This is the thing. And there's so much shit that I've actually been in a cocoon. I've been in a cocoon the last couple months just, like, you know, put my own shit, get curated my own shit, whatever, whatever. You know, but there's so much other – people are making stuff now. People are bringing it out. Like, yo, I got some new shit. I got an album coming out. And they're just taking, like, the kind of Beyonce kind of route. Just like, here's the album. Yeah. Like no sure. warning, no yeah. like, no pretense, no single. Just because it also works. You don't, have to, you don't have to like go billboard neighborhoods anymore, <laughs> depending on who you are, right? Like you yeah. don't have to like slap stuff all over the place and pay a shit ton of money for promotion. Your fans are already linked. They're, they're yeah. keyed in. Yeah. So they, they see Give you. They see you on the thing, and they're like, "Oh, you got some new shit out." Also, and I'm a, I'm gonna say fuck Facebook for this particular thing, because if you comment on an artist's page they have a thing now where you can have a badge where which identifies you as a a top fan what so so my man sky zoo okay you should pay us for a mention in every single episode of our podcast fuck it (laughs) doing a thing love his shit anyway so 
They told, so I got a little notice when right. I signed in one time. So, you know, we noticed that you post. I didn't only post a lot. I right. posted maybe three or four times. Okay. We noticed that you post, here's a badge that the artist gets to see that you are a top fan. Okay. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. Meanwhile, we got to pay these fuckers for actually right. it's a, promoting you guys, we, this. We, we found out that basically the way Facebook works is you guys are it's, watching us live, then you're actually watching us live. But... If we don't pay Facebook, apparently very few of you actually will ever see this, like the live version of this podcast. Or even when we actually, we're, after we're done recording, right. you won't see it in your feed. Right. Pay to play bullshit. Some payola bullshit, son. Yeah. Fuck all that. So anyway, so I, I found out, uh, and the reason I bring that up, because I found out Sky Zoo is actually taking a break from music because he's in a movie. Oh, all right. He's going to do a movie. He hadn't. He can't say with who. But it's in Ohio somewhere. He's doing a movie. Cool. Do the thing. Um, yes. So people making video. Terrence people? Howard. You said Ohio. I've I don't. People from Ohio. That's well. That's where they're shooting. Oh, okay. All right. So that's what we have with the music shit. All right. What we got next. Uh, vote. Know? What topic of the day? We got to oh. tell people to vote. Okay. Vote. Yeah, I did my voting. Um, Southside. Uh, 4.30 in Cottage today um, at like 1 o'clock. I thought there wouldn't be anybody there, but everybody was there who has the work later. Yeah. Uh, everybody who has the work later, all the retired people. Yep. And shout out to my man voting in the velour sweatpants and the <laughs> Nike house shoes. <laughs> shout out to you because you out here, dude. You were out here. I guess you figured, shit, I'm just going to walk through this, in this door and go vote. And my man had to had the shower shoes, the Nike shower shoes, and the velour sweatpants. I like, fuck it, I can't. I, whatever. I don't. I'm going tomorrow morning because I I'm a I'm a vote on election day kind of guy. Ah. I've done early voting before, and it just doesn't feel this. Like I want to be in the process. And where I have to vote in my neighborhood, it's never like so packed. You know what I mean? Oh, like okay. everyone in my neighborhood is politically active, and everyone is voting, I believe, right? right. But there's enough They've voting places already. that, and there's a lot of early voters. Like, and it's when I uh, a couple during the Obama years when I early voted, I went to like the Evanston Civic Center and did it there. And I just remember one time it was so packed that they had us in an annex room away from the room where the early voting was so we could be called into the regular room to wait there. And it took like an hour and a half. And I hated that entire experience. Yeah. I like being able to cru- like cruise into like the little like middle school gymnasium at right. Washington School on Main Street. And like I'm in the gymnasium and I can hear the kids playing dodgeball next door, right? And like I just wait in a little like behind two little ladies and I cruise up and like go and 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 and, and exercise my civil rights. You know what I'm saying? Like I do that that way, and then I either go to the trainer or I go back home. Tomorrow I'm gonna do it mad early because I'm gonna do it on my 6 a.m. run thing, right? Like I'm gonna do it there. I'm probably just gonna run, vote, and run back home. You know, that's more than likely what I'm gonna do, and that that's how I plan to do this tomorrow. Okay. And I I know I'm doing it probably with a lot of people who'll be on their way to work. Yeah. But I'm fine with that because I don't have to be at the shop tomorrow to like. Ted, really, you know what I mean? I have yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. Yo, yeah, well, I mean, we we on that we on that voting shit. Yeah. We did, like I said, we did the thing. Um, it was a. Bunch. I've seen a lot of like vote early posts. Um, uh, so many people I know did the vote early thing. Yeah. Friend of mine, Adam, he he posted like a, a pic from his window at his office downtown that had a line going like out like around the block of people trying to vote today. Yeah. And I, in the downtown spot? Yeah, yeah, the, the super center or whatever, yeah. which I've never a term I haven't even heard before. 
Like, yeah, this is serious, man. This is serious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the spot we said it, we coming for you. We coming. <laughs> the um, <laughs> the the, uh, the spot on Forty Third and Cottage is a super center, um, which will close for the actual. You can't right. actually vote there on tomorrow. The, you got to right. go to your regular vote. Also, vote I found that you apparently last election UFC had this huge University of Chicago had this huge uh, voter drive thing, and they they got a whole set up a whole bunch of people. This time they said, how about we have a voting thing? How about we have an actual uh, a voting, a polling place? Yeah. And I went, I left work today at lunch. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go and just go, go here and vote. It was in the little student union joint. What they didn't say, what they didn't kind of publicize was that they weren't going to do it today. They just did it last week. What? So it was there from Wednesday to Friday. <laughs> so I'm walking over here like, yeah, I'm going to go get my vote like, on. It's like, it's like the institution is saying... We want to help everyone exercise their civil, their civic rights, and their civic responsibility through Friday. Through Friday, Wednesday through Friday. <laughs> so I walked over there. I'm looking around, like I don't see any signs or anything. And then at that point, I said, "Fuck it!" And I ended up going to said Supercenter at 43rd and College Grove, which happens to be a couple blocks away from my house. Sure. And I went. I'm out, and it's one o'clock, and I really want to go home now. But I can't. I just went out to vote. Right. I told people I was going to vote. So I'm going to go vote. Yeah. I'm going to go do the thing. And that took my ass back to work. And it took me an hour, hour 20 minutes. I stood in line with a bunch of old black people. Sure. And, and you met and it, was, it was it was un. Yeah, my man, with the, my man with the velour sweatpants and the and, and, and house top? What was his top? Um, it was you know he had, he had a he had a, jersey. He had, no he had, he had a jacket on he had a puffy okay. jacket. Oh, puffy, puffy jacket. Oh, okay, puffy jacket. So I guess he's like I'm I'm cold enough like wherever you parked. I'm cold enough wherever I'm wearing, maybe a T-shirt, yeah. that I'm going to be cold so walking, but my right. velour and my house shoes are good. Right. My feet don't get cold till later. Because as a citizen, we don't give a shit what's on your feet. Right? You know, we want to know, just can you pull the lever? That's it. Slide on in here, man. Although, I will say, and, and people, and this it bugs me, but we had a thing, I'm, I'm sitting there voting, and first of all, Short people. They made for short people voting because it was like was well, one of them stand up. Oh joints. god, this thing you're about to complain about. I know exactly what this is. I can't believe you're going to complain about this. I okay. There's a vote. The voting machine. <laughs> you don't sit down at it. You have to. I. Have Who to the hell over. sits down to vote? They're sitting. They're sitting down vote. Really? Yes. What the fuck I've are you on? Sitting down to vote. I've there never are seen it. there are sit down stations where you sit in a chair and the thing's right there. Yes. Does this not happen in Evanston? This sounds like some mad privilege shit. I'll look tomorrow. If I see somebody sitting down, I'm going to be like, shame! They better have a cane or a walker or some shit. They better Professor X they ass we in had, We had. If, they, if they're going to sit down we and had vote. 20 voting, we had 20 stations. Got counted. We had 20 stations. and We, we, had, had, we also haven't acknowledged we anybody. Had, hey, what's up? In Masani Laughter. That's my homie from high school. Okay. She's the dopest. Oh, Valerie. Valerie. Valerie's cool as shit. Okay. What up to Valley and Crystal live Crystal and direct from St. Louis? What Excellent. Up? This is a new cast of like of thousands joining us on this particular episode. That's pretty great. Huzzah. Hell yeah. Maybe because well, you know, once we you know, once we get kind of a, a routine going, maybe we get these this cast of characters and the other cast of characters. So what you guys don't know is the way me and Troy kind of organize this is that Troy texts me. And suggest the date, and then I kind of roughly look at a calendar, and we just kind of we're looking for a Monday when we can do this. 
And it might sometimes take a month and a half for me to respond to the text. So it's a little hard to set up a routine. <laughs> if you're working with me. Yeah. There's that. There's that. There's that. <laughs> but we don't do like, we don't have like an every Monday or like an every other Monday or anything like that. This is where I think with your new laptop, I find I feel like I'm looking up a lot more because I'm looking at the I don't know. This is a weird thing. Like I have a target to look at, but the okay. Still get the green light. It's literally the same damn thing. Yeah, I know. It's I, I, that's weird. Okay. okay. Right. What's next? Oh, I discovered a thing about myself this weekend. Epiphany. It was an light epiphany. Bulb, light bulb moment. It yes, literally like it kind of yes, a light bulb moment. It was a red light. <laughs> Uh-oh. The the light was red. The light said, "Stop eating all this fucking bacon." And let me tell you why. So, so we were in Milwaukee over the weekend, right? Milwaukee over the weekend. And we're in this place, we're at this place called Comet Cafe, right? That some friends of ours who live in Milwaukee suggested we go to. So we all go out, right? And our friends, the three friends I did not realize I forgot. Because I have this habit of getting very important information about my friends. And the parts that don't pertain to me, I put in the bin. I just chuck that. Like, like if you, if you tell me you're like... I mean, we got to have a lot of shit in common, right? Yeah. Or sometimes we don't have anything in common. But if suddenly you become a vegan tomorrow, Troy, it might be very difficult for me to remember that you're a vegan. Zero percent. If I meet happen. you as a vegan, you're vegan, Troy. Yeah, right. Right? But if you become a vegan, you it's going to be real hard for me to remember that shit. Change and up. I just might bring the rib tips through <laughs> and be like, Troy, you got to get in this, right? <laughs> I don't even eat rib tips like that. But I will be that dude <laughs> because you said vegan to me. That part of my brain goes, something about this meat thing. Troy, meat, detail. I'd be like, Troy needs meat. And I'll bring that shit, right? So we're up there, and I'm texting my boy, and I'm like, Tom, so yeah, we're in your town, man. Like, you know, are you, you guys want to hang out or whatever? Because, like, whatever, whatever. We, we're going to be here. Right. And we're going to stay overnight anyway, so why don't we just, like, we'll kick it and get something to eat. He's like, well, what do you guys want? And I'm like, well, for anything. We don't really care, you know? Like, right, right. we're up for Asian or what? Steak? You know? And he's like, oh, well, you know, me and the wife, we're vegetarians. And I was like, wow. Okay, well, Middle Eastern? The Thai? Asian? I mean, something? But before he said they were vegetarians, I might have had like five suggestions that literally could only be done if you were a meat eater, right? But not thinking that I was really in the meat at, the point, at that point. Yeah. I was just like, my suggestions. I don't know. I'm just in your town. Right, right, right. You know? What, I, what, what wouldn't work were his suggestions, which were, let's go to the bars that have, like, wall-to-wall video game consoles, which it's, you're not eating dinner, you're just playing video games, and right. the wife would just, well, that wasn't going to fly. So there was no point in me even, like, floating that past her. Let me just be like, nah. Nah. nah that's not a thing. Nah. So, like, he suggests a place. Okay. And he's like, well, because I'm like, yo, where do you and your wife go when you right. want to kick it? What are your favorite places to go to? Mm-hmm. And he suggests this place called Comet Cafe. So we're like, cool, we're down, let's go. Comet Cafe in Milwaukee is effectively a a a really is a really good maybe breakfast burger diner spot for vegetarians with meat on the menu, particularly okay. on Sundays. Okay. You can order free bacon. So, because it said on the menu that I could order free bacon, I was like, well, shit, I'm not in Milwaukee all the fucking time, and I've never been in a place that gave you free bacon. Excuse me there, server lady. Might I have the free bacon? And she said, sure. She came back with, oh, my God, 
A huge plate of bacon. A huge ass plate of bacon. I thought it was gonna like eight strips of bacon or some shit. Like you know, something where it's like, okay, anybody want to have this bacon? Forgetting again, I was with vegetarians, and then there were three of them because they brought a friend who's also fucking vegetarian, right? I'm like, why did you guys tell me about the free bacon? And, and I took a picture of the free bacon, right? And I posted it because I was like, oh my god, you guys can't believe this free. Oh my god, all this bacon. And what I learned when they send you a gigantic ass plate of bacon is that I'm only physically capable of eating like an eighth to a quarter at best of whatever bacon's in front of me. Because at some point your throat just starts to close up and protect itself. Like, you can't, you can't, like, I, we have bacon, we're just going to put the shit in our freezer, right? Like, and be like, yo, we got bacon, we got recipes, we can put bacon. This bacon might last us six damn months in the freezer. I don't know, but there was no way. I tried. Like, I really, and then I, as I'm eating, I'm like, this is why I don't eat bacon like this. Because this is just weird. Bacon is kind of flavoring on it. It's like a side. It's not like a, it's never a main fucking thing. It becomes thing. every, like, people will, we used to saying everything's better with bacon. That's a no. lie. Everything is better with butter and truffles. Also, I'm a hippie y'all to a hot sauce with a truffle infused hot sauce. With butter. That's just so good. I have no idea what you're talking about. But okay. We'll get to that. All right. Anyway, we don't have to pack the damn bacon up. And then we got back to like our hotel or whatever. We just put that shit in the fridge. We brought it home. And it's like, oh, there's the bacon. Just shove the whole box in the freezer. Because I don't, like, I can't look at it. You know? I can't look at the bacon. Okay. I Enough. Killed, I could have killed a couple strips. But, you know, but you ain't know. Whatever. It was a, like, like. I get it. A, a mound. A mound of bacon. I get it. I get it. You go to a place and you're just like, yeah, I'll have some of whatever that appetizer is. You're thinking, oh, yeah, you just give me an appetizer portion, but they give you like an entree portion. And you're like, well, damn, there goes my dinner. Yeah. I had to order an extra Manhattan to like Wash it down. clear clear the, 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 the ways. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Clear the, the log dam of, of pork what fat the hell? and salt. Right? Seriously. Shit is real. Man. So, yes, I've learned how much bacon I'm capable of eating. See, but every, And that's, yeah. I don't want to eat so much bacon. Jenny Spinner just joined, and honestly, Jenny Spinner could share in this bacon. Cause I, I, I feel like I want to give it away at Christmas, you know? Like, so it's, it's, well, I, if, it, if it makes it that far, yeah. If it, well. It will. <laughs> this, frozen block, this frozen block is your Christmas gift. <laughs> and these comic books. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right, what else we got? What's next? Um, <laughs> TV. Luke Cage hey. is dead, and that's going to be fine. So it, uh, literally, it is Luke Cage is dead, and it's going to be fine. Be right. But a couple weeks ago, Netflix announced that it's canceling Luke Cage. Right. And everyone After. was in shock because the day before they announced they were canceling uh, Iron Fist. Right. It was like, yay, they're canceling Iron Fist. At last, we hate that show, which yeah. I like that show. Yeah, but You would. Then they, because. But Daredevil season three is up. Only because I believe, and this is this is where we're going to talk everybody off the ledge, or I'm going to try to talk you all off the ledge. So Disney is definitely going to do their own streaming service. Yes. Because everyone does. And even if Disney hadn't announced it, even if they hadn't even hinted at it forever, right, this is going to be a thing that is going to happen because it's inevitable that it's going to happen. Yes. Right? <laughs> so Netflix effectively is just releasing shows that it already had in production. Mm-hmm. There was no Luke Cage season three in production. Right. There was no Iron Fist season three in production. They had just teased it mm-hmm. with the dopest of Iron Fist stories because they're getting to the Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction run of Iron Fist comics, which is the history of the Iron Fist as a thing. 
Okay. Not Daniel Rand's history. Okay. It's what Daniel Rand doesn't know about the Iron Fist because Daniel Rand doesn't study things. Right? This is a part of Daniel Rand's character. You guys are all like, you, your posts are always like, Daniel Rand's stupid. He's an idiot. I hate him. He's so, he's so dumb. Yes, he is. He's the dumb dude that got a really powerful fucking weapon, and until he gets his head right, he's not very good at sort of like problem solving or working around a problem. He's only really good at going straight through the problem, and in season two, you kind of get that he's like kind of able to step back a little bit. But in, in this particular run, he learns that being the Iron Fist, he's not the first one. Yeah. Right? There's several before him who all applied it different ways, and he isn't tapping into its true potential. He's getting close because he's able to give it at some point to Colleen Wing by the end of season two. Okay. Right? Yeah. But what he doesn't know are the various ways it's able to be used. And Davos is kind of hinting at it, right? But Davos only wants to use it to do something destructive any damn way. Yeah. So Davos doesn't know shit. But he's, he, as he's doing his research with Ward, it's like they, they really tease the coolest damn Iron Fist story. Like, when that story came out like the late 2000s, I want to say Iron Fist might have been the best damn comic for maybe about two years that Marvel had going. Like, the best comic Marvel had going was an Iron Fist comic written by Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction. Those two different, like, they were two different runs, but they were back-to-back, and they were phenomenal. Phenomenal. With Danny Rand as a... But Danny Rand in the comics isn't the guy on TV any damn way. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. he just isn't. Like, I mean, close, because you got to make him stand out somehow. And honestly, when the minute they decided to, like, put Danny Rand in the Avengers, which they did in the comics, there's other guys in the Avengers who have that kind of a certain personality that was his personality. Hmm. So you need to come up with something else for him. So they kind of wrote him dumber. And I feel like this is the reason Danny Rand in the Netflix show gets written that way because later in the comics, Danny Rand was written that way, right? Okay. Because once Hawkeye is a thing in movies, do you know what I mean? Once that Jeremy Renner Hawkeye personality kind of becomes a thing, it's that's the Danny Rand personality, right? So now you can't have two guys be literally the same fucking dude, right? So you got to make the other guy do something and just... In comics, they kind of made him less intelligent, right? Okay. Because it was easier. It felt like it was easier. It is easier. It just felt like it was easier to make him the dopey kung fu white dude, right? Who was just like almost surfer chill, right? Like if you watch the Spider-Man cartoon that he's on, right? That guy's entirely like like point break Keanu Reeves surfer dumb, right? And all of that comes from like kind of reading a couple years of his comic lately, but not reading any of his 80s shit, right? Not reading any of his 70s shit, not reading any of the earliest stuff to see that the dude's totally fucking capable. But, you know. Okay. Yeah, so that's that, right? So okay. but, but so it's okay that, that Luke Cage is canceled because you're going to end up getting Luke Cage back because there's no way... The, the Defender shit, right? That's also not coming back. What would Disney do? Because I thought the whole thing was that, yeah, we're, we're canceling this so yep. Disney can do that thing, yep. but... Is it that Disney's going to bring back these as individuals? My thought was they were going to bring them back as the collective again. I think they'll do both. As far as I can tell, there's no reason for Disney to change what was done because what was done technically should have worked. A different writing staff will make it more interesting, right? But, like, if you're you're going to do a streaming service that has television, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones, 
at some point, you're going to do other streaming characters, too, that will also be a part of this collective yeah. of things, right? Your Punishers. Like, if you were just thinking of, like, your street-level Marvel guys who aren't your, your Marvel MCU characters, right? If okay. they're not in your Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's a lot of characters that you can use that you can throw at this thing where you can bring dudes in and out as long as you're the one footing the bill, you know, paying your actors and you're paying for production, right? Like... For Netflix, it makes all the sense in the world to get out because they're not—they comp- don't want to compete with their own shit. Yeah, right. Like, why? Why would we keep doing this? You know, if you are going to also produce a Luke Cage show, and we're going to do Luke Cage, why are you going to put Luke Cage up against our Luke Cage? That's kind of dumb. Like, yeah, why would we? And we're paying for it. Like, that didn't make any fucking sense. So, if Disney's going to go their own way, it just means you don't get Luke Cage or any of these other shows after they air. I think they're all done on Netflix, right? Yes. And then on Netflix, you can get a whole lot of shows that involve Will Smith and an orc being cops. Like, that's kind of what Netflix does, right? You can get a lot of that bullshit. But, like, you, if you're Disney, you're going to be able to do multi-platform shit, which is really, Warner Brothers is technically ahead of you on this, because they're basically keeping everything in-house for themselves. Yeah. And Disney go, went ahead and had Netflix use their, their abilities to get something out there in front of the people, Right. But on some level, it's yours, right? So why don't you do your thing? We're just going to have to wait a little bit to do it. Okay. Right? We're going to wait a little bit to see it, you know? Which, honestly, so much stuff hits us, like, in, in, in streaming and, and whatever, and so many different platforms. I really don't think anybody's going to miss Luke Nobody's going to miss it, no. They're going to miss a single bit of it, you know? Well, it helps you didn't like it. I like season two better than season one. Yes, but that was a low bar. It was a low bar. The minute they killed, like, Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth was awesome. That that show was Thing dead is, to I, me until Method Man showed up. So, yeah. Yeah. Method Man saved that show. In one episode, in like, in 20 minutes of Method Man. Yeah. Really, like. Saved it. We go back and rewind to that point. Yep. Again. That was like, that was like, a, that was a series saving moment right there. You only so got a season two because Method Man <laughs> walked into a fucking, like, a convenience store. You know? <laughs> And in freestyle, say word. Right. <laughs> Method Man saved it. With Sway and... Literally saved it. You know? The thing happened. Right. It's, yeah, it was really connected. Um, yeah, so... What's next? Oh, comics. All right, get into the comic shit because... What have I done? No. Um, after we found out that Saga, they were taking a hiatus. For a year. You need new good. books to read. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Tell the people. Talk to the people. All right. So Saga, Saga is like our best-selling comic, basically. Like, I mean, it is one of the best-selling comics on the market. It's phenomenal. It is important for all the Saga readers that, like, it is going away for a year because these creators have other stuff to do, and it's going to happen. It's going on. Like, Saga and Wicked and Divine are two great books, and they've gone on hiatus before. Um, Sex Criminals has gone on hiatus. It happens. Like, creators are not just sitting here doing one book. Like, writers can write maybe five books in a month, but an artist can't draw forever. And sometimes... You got to like, especially as sales diminish, you kind of need to recharge and jump into something else to get those sales up and they come back, right? But if you've got like, and this is a thing that you probably ought to do if you're a saga reader, make sure you've got a pull list at a shop so that when that next issue comes out, you're down. But the book is so good that you shouldn't let it lapse that when it comes back, like you, you, you're you out of the loop on it, right? I mean, I'm, when it comes back, I'm sure it's going to come back with a bang. But things that are out right now that I kind of feel like, you might want to read that are all collected, so I'm not even going to drop like, um, uh, like, like first issue or like, like single issue kind of shit on you. Things that are cool for various reasons. Right now, number one, 
is Isola. And this is by um, Brandon Fletcher and Carl Keschel, right? Um, Isola, I describe it as basically like a fine adventure fantasy comic. It is your, um, a dude who's like in the royal guard for like a kingdom. The queen or something comes down with something that she's going to die. And he's basically on a quest to save his queen. Right, but if you're like if you're like a Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings kind of like it's I want to say it's all ages ish, but if, so if you like that tone, but it's not all ages. But if you like that tone, like that if if Lumberjanes had to be a little edgier, right? Or like like in terms of art style, if you if you want that in, that that investment without it being like a book for kids, right? So if you're a fan of saga and you need that like. That, that you're used to that style without it being that straight up kick in the throat the saga gives you every issue. Isola is a good book for you to try, right? The art style is like solid, you know. The art is solid. It's I, I was real, looking at this tiger and trying, the tiger doesn't talk, so I was, I was like, okay. Cool. No, it's not, the tiger doesn't talk. Okay, cool. It's like one of those like colored like the the blue tiger with the black tiger with the green stripes or whatever, right? Yeah. But it's like it's very much like a kind of a the the it's an into the wild like kind of adventure fantasy comic. Right, with a kind of high stakes and magic and all of that, but really, it's it, it's solely like about these lush visuals they give you and the shit, and the world building is kind of dope, right? Um, Oblivion Song, which is new Robert Kirkman joint, right? Um, that is, you know, Robert Kirkman from Walking Dead, and I'm not going to say that he's not basically giving you Walking Dead, but he's instead of zombies, he's giving you aliens. So it is a, a the earth has been wrecked, right? Um, it is not really like as habitable as you'd like it to be, and it's because aliens, right? And um, Lorenzo DiFelici is drawing the shit out of it, right? Like, I like Walking Dead as a visual concept, but I'm well over whatever drama is built into that. This new thing, on the other hand, I'm willing to see this here built out. I'm engaged in what I'm getting from Robert Kirkman on Oblivion Song. And Robert Kirkman's done things that weren't Walking Dead before that I just didn't I just didn't care. I didn't care about Wolfman and some of his other things. Like I loved Invincible, right? That was a great book. Yeah. This is like the best thing he's done, I think, since starting Walking Dead. I think it has a lot to do with the storytelling, right? Of for the artists. Like the artists who are like kind of doing the pacing of it. I think a lot of guys have learned a lot about kind of how to take some of these scripts and, and and build lush, intense worlds from it, right? Since things like Saga, Wicked, and Divided Sex Criminals came out, okay. especially as far as like image artists goes. But it's collected. There is a volume one. This is the first six issues. And it's as typical, most typical image volume ones go, it's only about 10 bucks. And the same for a solo. Um, this is a DC thing. It's called Silencer, right? Um, it is by John Romita Jr. and Victor Bog, uh, Bogdanovich. Silencer, the reason I'm kind of putting this up here is I think that this is a thing where DC is about to sneak something over past you, and Silencer is about to come, I think, pretty damn popular because the character's only been around for, like, let's say six months. Um, her power, she's, she basically um, has the power to cancel sound in her immediate vicinity, Right? And she's kind of like a government operative assassin kind of person or whatever oh, yeah. who cancels sound in her immediate vicinity. Right. But I was a little surprised to be watching Arrow recently, hmm. and the character made it to the show already. Right? And a lot of times the character's popularity does shoot up yeah. when people see yeah, them yeah. on a bigger screen or whatever. Yeah. And that appearance, it was Silencer versus 
uh, Black Canary and Siren, so two people with sonic powers. And so the fight scene between them, the scene is visually carried out where her sound canceling field was up against their sonic scream abilities while there's guns and like, like, like kung fu happening was really cool. Right, like I was kind of like okay. Miller Road on, on Silencer as a comic concept before, but after I watched, I saw that and I was like, oh, oh, all right, well, maybe this is cooler than I actually thought. And like, if you read Silencer and you like characters like Deathstroke and some of these other like kind of more assassiny, kind of mercenary kind of dudes, this might be the book for you. And if you like John Romita Jr. art, like then that might work for you too. Like, so um, I am hit or miss on John Romita Jr.'s art, but like he's a legend. And he doesn't do bad shit, generally, right? Like, it's a matter of taste, and I have a lot of opinions, so don't listen to me on that. Like, a lot of you guys might actually love this shit more than I do or have over the years, depending. But he ain't ain't bad by any stretch of the imagination. He's great, you know? It just takes a bit for me to get into it. Something really cool that kind of... I got hip to this at one of my my, uh, comic book meetup. Our comic book meetup meets the third Saturday of every month here at Third Coast. And a guy mentioned recently, we do this, we where always is, start with... Where it. is that? Oh, Third Coast Commons, 6443 North Sheridan Road, here in Chicago, in Rogers Park neighborhood, right? So, right by the Loyola, like, red line stop. We're practically right across the street from the, the Taco Bell and the, the Pot Belly and the Insomnia Cookies, you know. Um, but uh, we, we always start out with, like, hey, what is it you're reading? You know, we go around the room, and everybody starts talking about, like, books that they're reading or whatever. What have they gotten into? What have they discovered, you know? And this dude said that he had, he had recently read a book called A Study in Emerald by Neil Gaiman, right? And I was like, wait, what? What is that? Like, I, I didn't, it, it slipped past me, right? And apparently what my man Gaiman did was he basically wrote a Sherlock Holmes story as if Sherlock Holmes existed in the H.P. Lovecraft universe, right? So it's, it's a Sherlock Holmes Call of Cthulhu mashup as a murder mystery, right? This thing here, right? There, that's what you guys see, because if I sit it down, you can't see the title. Right? And this is just cool. Right? This is dope. Here's the back cover. Look at that. Look at that. You know? And, like, the like, okay, the author is already great. Right? I have no problem with that. But when I saw that, like, Raphael Albuquerque was the artist for it, this is the same dude who drew American Vampire. And it's, when he does a cover, his covers are fantastic. His interiors are really good. Like, I think Raphael Albuquerque is one of, like, the top ten uh, artists currently going. And it has, like... Just, yeah, it's mad creepy, and and it is everything you might expect from that writer and that <laughs> artist doing Sherlock Holmes and H.P. Lovecraft, uh, Cthulhu Mythos stuff, right? Solid. And a thing that was on my order form that when it came in, I was like, oh, I'm glad that thing is here. Wait a second. It's this detailed? I want more of those. And we've been selling my hotcakes is... Art and Arcana. It is a visual history of Dungeons and Dragons the game, right? And I mean, it is a visual history of Dungeons and Dragons the game, right? right? It is. Jeff and Lakeith definitely own this thing, right? It is all of this, right? Oh. But like, this is, if we go back even to the early days of like, what the game might have been like, like it covers, it covers one of the artists being heavily influenced by Jim Steranko. There's, a, there's some Nick, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. like covers That's random. in here because the, in the early monster manuals or in the early player's handbooks or whatever, apparently the artist was basically just swiping the poses to do D&D shit, which I didn't catch until I was looking through it and I was like, holy shit, 
he really is just straight doing Nick Fury. It, that was cool, right? Like all the early like like modules like a uh, uh, Temple of Elemental Evil or um, Against the Giants or um, what's the the, um, the Tomb of Horrors, right? Like all their iterations are in here. It is it is a really great like encyclopedic tome of what Dungeons and Dragons has been like over the years, right? Like from the very beginning, like even pre chainmail, they cover chainmail and they go even before that point to what the game was like. With visual aids of like the things that people have saved from way back when, you know, it was just cool. I don't know what it's doing. Is it like we had a, no, it's just, it's just All right. Wi-Fi? All right. Oh, I see. All right. Well, that and it can be yours for fifty bucks, and it's great. And it is. It's awesome. I love it. I'm glad that thing happened. You can find them at Third Coast Comics, 6443 North Sheridan Road, Chicago, Illinois, 60626. I'm going to tell you, what neighborhood? In Rogers Park. Well, in Rogers Park, but in the Rogers Edge section of Rogers Park, right here, downtown Rogers Edge. It's true. Okay. Well, I, haven't, I haven't gotten to say that in a while. Yeah, I, I know. That's why I, I kind of prompted you. <laughs> kind of prompted what else we got? Um, and what, what, what time are we at? Because these folks may be worn the hell out. Oh, we still got sports. We do. We haven't done sports for y'all yet. We're trying to see where we're at on the. Oh, we're like an hour and a half or anything. Yeah. Troy's looking at the the hour, meter thing. Hour one. We're only an hour in. Yeah. All right. Let me go in on the greatest tragedy in sports right now that I'm enjoying the shit out of. I'm enjoying the NBA for no other reason than I'm watching the great tragedy of the Los Angeles LeBrons. Sucking hard. And they're not just sucking hard because they're bad. Because they don't necessarily need to be bad. They're actually kind of mediocre, right? Yeah. But the way the NBA hyped LeBron going to the Lakers as if this would change everything in the Western Conference. Boy, those Golden State Warriors need to be quaking in their boots. Boy, those Houston Rockets need to be ready. Here comes LeBron and the Lakers. And what is actually happening is exactly what you should have been expecting to happen, which is it is really hard to win that Western Conference with actual good teams, as opposed to LeBron James, who is out there to make some movies, make some commercials, right, and play with some really young dudes and some really old dudes and get beat. But every night they have to ask LeBron James how he feels about losing, and it's awkward. And we're going to have four years of this, and it's great. Four or just a couple? It's a four-year deal. Okay. Oh, you think that in a couple years you'll actually be good again? No. It's well, just a couple good? years, like, am I going to still be here? No, like, no, no. I, at that point, do I have enough commercial? Because we all saw going out to L.A. because of the sure. Hollywood shit. We yep. all knew that. Yep. We, that, was, that was the thing. That's fine. It's why people go to L.A. If That's, you're famous. If you're already a star, yes. I'm told, yeah. I mean, I'd go to L.A. Um, but who's to say he's going to be like, this is where I'm ending my career. This is like, this is my last stop in my on the LeBron choo-choo. Boy, a thing has happened. Totally. There's an error. <laughs> we, so, right, it is entirely possible, because we are still recording, that LeBron could decide oh, that he's not necessarily going to abandon playing. That's we, why he kicked us out of our shit. <laughs> Some of Facebook has dropped the entire live feed. <laughs> Ain't that some shit? <laughs> Facebook is Facebooking. Uh, anyway. 
But anyway. <laughs> but, like, yes, it is possible that he could end up playing for another team. I don't know why he would. No, I don't think he would. This would That's be, this would be his last years. stop. I'm also, however, just thinking the only way in which this is successful in terms of, like, a, a career stop in the NBA for him from a playing point of view is if other teams get worse while he's playing in the West. And there's a there's a window of, like, three years where it's possible that can happen. Yeah. Right? I mean, after this year, Golden State has to let go either Clay or Draymond. Right. So... Basically, this probably is their last hurrah. Right. You know, Houston's getting old. Um, who are the young ascendant teams? And the East is still garbage. I would. Okay. The East just isn't as good as the Golden State Warriors or the Houston Rockets. But I would not say they're garbage. Because no. Philadelphia, if, 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 if Golden State and Houston are the class of the league, right, and everybody else is in a pile. Okay. There are at least two teams in the East who have a shot against any team in the West to beat them, right? Now, Arian might dispute this, right? But, like, this isn't even me making fun of Arian. This is going to be the first podcast where I don't troll him, right? Ever. Like, 26 episodes. This is the first time I'm not trolling him. But I wonder what he thinks because he's our NBA, like, guru friend, right? But I do believe that Boston, Philadelphia, and Toronto, right, those three teams, right, and on the outside, Milwaukee are as good as any team in the Western Conference – not named Golden State or Houston right now. They're as good as Utah. They're better than the Lakers, even with LeBron, because Lebr- the Lakers right now are getting beat with LeBron by 20, right? Or well, I think that happened the other night, right? Yeah. They'll They're lose by, by 10 in other nights. They're down by 25, yeah. Right, right. And, and I think that, okay, maybe by the All-Star break they can correct some of that, right? But you're not, you're not trading away young talent to bring other young talent, and you're not trading away a veteran and getting young talent in return. So this year... All that what, – what I, what I don't like about LeBron James is the number of times I've seen him celebrate a championship before opening tip-off for the season. And I feel like this year was the same. Was that thing. him? Was that him or was that just the, the hype? Yes. Yeah. I would just – I don't think – no, because – If I had an actual hat, it would say hater across the front of me. My hater hat on. That's fine. It's got no, a wide fine. brim. That's, it's got a wide brim. It's got a wide brim. Wide brim hater hat. For LeBron James. And the Lakers. Like, had LeBron James, like, it, it, we wouldn't have done it. But had LeBron James gone to some other team, I'd have just said, okay, LeBron James is going to, to another team. But that Lakers celebration, it was a celebration all damn summer, LeBron I never James. Got that. I, never, I hate that. I never got that. I never got the sense that they figured they, it was a championship. I never got that because there is a team, there are a team named Houston and Golden State. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, you can shut down this guy on Golden State, but... What about the, the other five or the six other guys? Five or six guys, like guys yep. come off the bench. Yep. This is in the history of the NBA. There have been two times someone has scored fifty points in thirty minutes by the same guy, Clay Thompson. Yeah. No other player, right, in the history of the NBA has scored fifty in thirty minutes. Right. Because Clay Thompson doesn't know how to shoot a and Clay two point shot. He can't take a two he, he, from within fifteen feet. He can't taint, do it. He's taint. He's, he's right. done that. He's shooting threes from the locker room. And yes. been hitting them. Right. Repeatedly. <laughs> Repeatedly. That performance he had last week, the only time I've seen anything like that that he didn't do was when Magmat Raoul Abdul Raouf. Yes. When he did that to the Bulls in Denver, <laughs> and it was the ball touched his hand and then went up as a shot. I don't even think he used the other hand to guide it. And we're just splashing threes all over that team. 
And Scotty, I just remember Scotty Pippen just being gassed <laughs> by what Ra- Abdul Rauf was doing. He was killing them because it was like it was the Tourette's thing that he had. He just kept repeating the same motion, and the ball kept going in. And it was in- amazing to watch. That's what Clay Thompson was doing, and that's what he can do to anybody if they just pass him the ball. And there's a lot of guys that pass the ball. And he doesn't need much space. Nope. Like he just is, I'm just catch you. Yep. Like it's one motion, just nah. So yes, I'm enjoying the plight of the the the, the Los Angeles of the Bronze. <laughs> I I hate hockey sort of only because hockey's back. I wasn't ready for it to be back. As I don't want hockey fans to be happy about anything. You doesn't want Blackhawk fans to be happy about anything. Yeah, mostly that. Yeah, yeah. hockey fans, I don't care. I'm, I'm on board with that. Blackhawks fans, I don't want to be happy about But anything. I have a problem with hockey fans. Yes. My hockey fan thing, when so when the, the massacre in the Pittsburgh synagogue happened, um, we figured, because it happens every time, the sports teams of the, of the city go, oh, no, that was a bad thing, and they do things. So the Pittsburgh Penguins... Um, they did a, a pregame kind of thing, and they honored the police and da-da-da. But they brought out a Blue Lives Matter flag. <laughs> and they said they wanted to honor the police and the first responders, but they weren't – you could just put an American flag up, but no, they put the Blue Lives Matter flag. And so at the – when getting criticized about it, because it wasn't necessary. It was uh, totally unnecessary. The thing is, though, is that the Penguins are run by a right-wing guy who, oh, okay. love, who, who, in Trump, who loves Trump. I got you. They're run by a right-winger. So his thing was, this is what we're going to do. They know exactly what they're doing, exactly, exactly why. But the problem I have with hockey fandom was the fact that the people who were come out to support this were legion. Even when people like, you know, if you want to honor everybody – have an American flag. Right. Why do you put up a flag that its very existence is a re- was a reaction to Black Lives Matter? Why would you want to do that? Right. Why would you want to cause the vision, the, the divisiveness in a time where theoretically you're all supposed to be sad because a lot of members of the Jewish community yep. in the city got killed because they were Jewish. Right. Why do you want to do this? Just nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. Nothing to do. Or, or Blue Lives Matter or anything. Yes. You know, we want to honor the victims and the police, all the first responders. American flag works oh, yep, just fine. That does work. In fact, just state it. Just state that you'd like to do that. Everybody will stand up. Everybody will give a standing ovation. You can drop the puck and we can keep it moving. So what ended up happening in the, in the comment sections and in everything else was people, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost it's like liking somebody who, you really like really much, like a whole lot and whatever, and they finally just go, I'm not really, I don't really like you. Because the comments were, yeah, our league is better because we have basically what boiled down to, we have less black people. Right. Because, you know, we don't stand like those bleeps in the NFL. Like, we don't do like the NFL. We're a family. And so as... A black fan of hockey watching this and seeing how and seeing how the NHL said nothing. The NHL was like, yeah, well, you know, yeah, you know, fans, yay. Right. Even though we just go, we've gone through, we're going through the hockey um, hockey against cancer thing. We've done last year. We did the hockey's for everyone. We did the whole diversity kind of they thing. They sure in hell tried that. We did that whole thing, but now it's like, yeah, we we it's, our fans are fucking troglodytes. Our white fans want it to be more white, 
and want us to be apolitical when, in fact, the NHL prides itself. And this is what's great. Uh, you know, this is sports, sports balling and all that, where the NFL is now political, quote, unquote. The NBA has a lot of black people, but because of their CBA, you know, there's not a whole lot of people doing They're not protesting a thing or whatever, whatever. They're wearing T-shirts for warm-ups or whatever, but that's pretty much for the extent of it. But the NHL, by its cult, by the culture of hockey, refuses to let people protest. One guy tried it; he got benched. Right. Um, hockey, you know, from the juniors, from when you first start training and everything, really enforces a culture of sit down, shut up, listen to your coach. Right. No, you're not more important than the team. Team, 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 team. Blah, blah, blah. And so what ends up happening is that anybody who dares to stand up for a thing becomes a pariah. Um, so you're not going to get political stances from players, but you will get them from owners. You will get them from the NHL Because the owners have no problem putting their politics out Zero. there. Zero. Because the owners are the rich dudes who basically Zero. their politics are supporting other rich dudes. But yeah. see, and, 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 I mean, that's, that's and the fan base, ownership. From a, from a, from a, from a social political standpoint of the fan base of hockey fans, the bulk of them are in the same situation. They don't see there as a reason for them to be on two separate sides of political issue, right? Basically... You tried out a flag and you're the Blue Lives Matter flag or the American flag, and they all cheer for it because they're all the same guy for the most part. Yeah. They will look around, and if they see brown people in the audience, for they they kind of suddenly it becomes tribalism, right? Like, there aren't that many brown people for you to be thinking, man, we are from a bunch of different places and we have different points of view, and maybe we should ask that question. Even on the, on the, on the rink, on the ice, Right, you look down there, and it's not just all like American white guys. No, not at all. Like it's not that. But the ownership literally thinks that this game in America is for like you know white Americans, yeah. right, of a certain political stripe, and it's it's basically treated that way, right? And it's being it's it's not and like when they did the hockey's for everyone, there were people mad about that. Why are you marketing to those people? Yeah. Why are you why are you inviting people into my... This is right. the thing I liked. Right. Why are you inviting those people to <laughs> like... We might end up like, gay hockey fans. Ah! Why do we gay hockey fans? What the hell? Right. And so we get to this point where they can't see their own hypocrisy. Right. And somehow people... And people will carry your water. People will say, oh, no, they're not political at all. When, in fact, the NHL has openly... And it's in the last three years, has openly campaigned against a mayor of a, of a major Canadian city. Because that mayor said, no, we're not going to pay for a stadium that you're not going to pay for. Okay. And the NHL went. He literally stood up for his people. He literally stood, stood up, up for his, his citizens. It's, 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 it was in Calgary. They said, we want to replace this arena that's about 20 years old. Sure. And he said, no. It's a perfectly good stadium. It's, it's okay. You know, it's an okay. It's not great. It's an okay stadium. Right. You know. He says, well, we want to build a new one for however many. But. Basically, just like anything else, like four-fifths would have been taxpayer money. Yeah. Like, no, we're not doing that. Then he came up for re-election. The NHL put money yeah. into the campaign of the other dude. Of the next guy, yeah. But then people, oh, they're not political. That's fucking political. That's pretty political. Dude yeah. won anyway. Right. And now they're quiet. And then I was like, well, we could take the team. Really? Okay. 
Like the team could move. The team could move because Fans, you're, you blame your mayor if we happen to move to like you know South Dakota. Also, the Sioux Falls timber trees. Also, <laughs> funny thing, Calgary moved from Atlanta. Yeah. The Flames were in Atlanta to begin with. Then they moved to Calgary. People embraced the team. Hug, hug. You're my team. How? And people are dumb enough Wait, to go. Back up a minute. Mm-hmm. Atlanta had the Thrashers. Atlanta, but before the Thrashers, Atlanta had the Flames. Atlanta had a hockey team on purpose? Twice. <laughs> okay. Wait. Somehow I thought the Calgary Flames were like like not an original six, but like maybe in the twelve. Expansion. They were an expansion team back in the seventies. But from Atlanta. Atlanta. So they wait, Atlanta. did they expand or did they just move? No, they were they they were Oh, they, because the league expanded. The league expanded. So you got Atlanta, you got the Atlanta. and then Atlanta moved. Yes. Okay, gotcha. All right. Because Atlanta couldn't support it. Or wouldn't. Besky wouldn't. Sure. They didn't do a whole lot. They moved. And they were called the Atlanta Flames. They were called the Atlanta Flames. Is that because Atlanta burned? <laughs> we celebrate that too. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> they moved to Calgary. Keep the flames. And then... That's amazing. Hey, I was wondering about Calgary and the flames. Like, it didn't make any sense. It made more sense that they were like the Wranglers or like the Stampeders yeah. or some shit like that. But the flames never made sense to me. No. That explains it. So so, so the city of the Atlanta got a franchise. Mm-hmm. That'd be like, like you know, the Chicago flood or like, you know, the, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you would... Chicago fire? But no, but that's still different mm-hmm. because the Chicago fire happened, but it didn't happen because we were being assholes. That's right. Right? Like, like the North weren't being assholes when the Chicago fire happened. Allegedly, a cow kicked the fucking thing and half the city burned. Like, okay, that's a different thing. You, Atlanta burned because y'all was being assholes. Right? And a thing happened. You know, like, the South wanted to own people and Atlanta burned. Right? Like, and you were like the Atlanta Flames. Like, woo, celebrate that shit. What? Yes. All right. So the Atlanta Flames, and then because the NHL is dumb, because my Atlanta friends snuck one past me. They didn't tell me about this. Oh, this is, man. My Atlanta and, friends are. And because, for some reason, they didn't yo, learn the first time. Okay. They said, the Atlanta Thrashers. Let's, <laughs> Let's start them up. And the Atlanta Thrashers came in the same year the Tampa Bay Lightning. But game. I like the idea of the, like, I, I, I'm a metalhead, man. The Thrashers sounded great, except for it's more of a Bay Area. It was a bird. What? The logo was a bird. Yeah, but I mean, Thrashers, like that's, yeah, yeah. The, the term is fit more for the Bay Area, but I thought it, it, was, it still felt very metal to me. I mean, you guys can't see it because we're not on my Facebook Live. I'm putting the horns up. Putting the horns up. You know, for the Thrashers. I get it. But but they had a logo that was a bird. But then it was a bird. And like the thrushes? It was the bird a thrush? Did they did they get no, also the bird wrong? No. Should they have been the Atlanta thrushes? No. They were the God, damn it. Okay. All right. <laughs> You're trying. I am trying to help Atlanta. I'm, I'm giving you that, but yeah, they ended up. Uh, yeah, they found out they couldn't support a team again, and they moved out. They yeah. probably could have. They did the Atlanta Freakniks. <laughs> Although they did have a player named Evander Kane, piece of Evander Kane, who's still who's still in the game, skilled, still kind of young. Um, but Evander Is Kane's every Evander ever born from Atlanta? Maybe all all Evanders ever. Are no, from I think Atlanta. he's. No, you think? You know, well, he played in Atlanta. I don't think he's from. He's not from there. Okay. Um, but he was the year of the lock, the year of the NHL lockout. He was on Instagram, which is where you don't you don't do this. 
um, where he was in the lockout. It was a lockout. Players weren't playing. He got the money phone. Big stack of big stack of bills. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> you then he became a problem. Then he became a you know a slightly like oh he's not a team player, which is the number one way to get somebody off your fucking team. Right. He's not the, a team the player. The black guy's he, out partying with money. The black guy is with a big ass money phone. Money phone. He's on his balcony and he's calling cute, his banker. And, and it's the it's the Atlantic behind him and everything. And he's like on the money phone. He's but like, it's the lockout. Because the reason it's a lockout is a lockout is when the owners don't want the players to come and play. They're trying to starve them. You won't be getting paid to play this game. So you just stay home. So we're just we're locking you out. And my man Evander Kane is like, I got stacks, son. I got stacks. <laughs> Fuck you gonna do about it? <laughs> Not Nothing. Nothing. So now Evander Kane is a problem. So Evander Kane got let go. He, he went to Buffalo. Sadly, um, <laughs> um, he's some and he's somewhere else. He's somewhere else now. Um, but that's how it works. That's how Evander Kane might have just become my new favorite player. <laughs> I gotta find. Out, I gotta find out where he is. He's he's in his late twenties at this point. That's great. Uh, but yeah, Atlanta had two teams and they both failed. They both failed. So, okay. but yeah, so. I had to People have keep trying to put football teams in LA. You know? Just every single back. every single person. I knew this growing up. I everybody who's from there understands it and will echo it, but no one actually listens to them. No one in LA gives a shit. No one in LA gives a shit about Well, we give a shit about football, like we like sports. Yeah, it's college. College no, not even that. Really? Not really. We got other shit to do. That 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 I think is that's the core where of the it comes down to in the LA. Core of the problem is we got shit other shit. To, yeah. LA people have other shit to do. You literally have Hollywood. You have other shit yeah. to do. Like you know, fuck. It, I'm gonna go to the beach. Yeah. I'm gonna go visit my man over here. Smoke a little weed, which is legal because, now. Because fall isn't really fall. It's in not LA. fall. Right. I get people. My people are, are are texting me like it's so cold. It's sixty. Yeah. I said the next time I see you, I will kill you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna bury you somewhere. If 60 degrees makes it so you don't want to go outside, be like, a problem. Yo, I, I had to put on like a sweatshirt today. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> so I have a list of people who are who, who will. Who, Troy, let's plan a road trip. Let's plan an LA road trip, son. You don't. You don't look. Let's plan an LA road trip. Let's do it. You you don't, you don't want the spots. I'm. I don't know if you want the spots. I'm trying to go back to. Well, I mean, do we not? Do they not have a Heralds? <laughs> oh, they have a Louisiana fried chicken. You got that. That's weird for L.A. Yeah. I guess Louisiana is abbreviated L.A., so it's the same. No, it's, it's the same one it's here, actually. As long as we don't go like In-N-Out Burger. That's some bullshit. Oh, f- fuck In-N-Out. Right. We don't Carl's doing you all day. Um, we got we got to do the um, chicken and waffles. We got to do uh, got We got to? Because we have chicken and waffles here. That's true. But if we're going to L.A. I want to do some shit we can't do here. It's an experience. That's all. It's an experience. Are the chickens different? No. Are the waffles somehow waffly-er? Sun-kissed. How about that? We, we're not eating this shit's on the beach. We can eat it on the beach, son. Chicken and waffles on the beach just sounds horrible. What, does, what sounds horrible on the beach? Food. Food on the beach sounds horrible. I disagree. Sand, man. You don't put sand in your food. How about that? Really? Do you not have wind in L.A.? You got a nice ocean breeze coming in, but it doesn't blow sand in your shit. Come on, man. You acting like we just can man. It, this it, Dodger it, dog at his okay. bar. I'm gonna run through the sand I'm real down quick. Down with a restaurant where I can see the ocean. You got that. But I just don't need any actual beach on me. How about the whole like 
you know, take your shoes off and walk in the sand and shit. How about that? You do that? How about the pier? How about a pier? Pier? Hmm? They, 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 put, they put restaurants and bars along a pier? Yes. Down. I'm over the rest of it. I'm over it. I grew up with it. I'm done. I've done enough. You've done enough. This one. You've done this. This beach. And I've been to LA before. I'm, I've seen the Pacific up close. Yeah, put your toe in. Remember, I lived in Houston as a kid, so I've also seen the Gulf. Put There's beaches in. there. Yeah. Put your toe in it. <laughs> Why did someone go for a hand? We were in LA for one day. Well, we were there for longer than a day. We were there for longer than a day. It might have been two days. But I'm willing to go back. I'll give it a second try. Let's go back to Cali. Yeah. Go we're gonna, all right, all right. Stacey's high is going to plan a road trip. By this time next year, me, well, and, me and my boy. I'm going, back, I'm going back in the summer. All right. I'm going back in the summer because a friend of mine has a, um, is chairing an event um, in my hometown. In Coppin, oh. California. In Coppin, California. Is doing you, you, a thing. Is it Compton? Yeah. Like, like with the big I don't C? do that anymore. No. Compton. You don't throw C's. That's, that's a crip thing. Ah, shit. Well, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. My hands are. Yeah. yeah don't do, really that. do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Don't throw C's. Don't throw crip signs. Um, I was I was trying to spell it, but then looking at my own hands, I got to do it with my left hand because it's like the C was the right direction. But then when Troy is looking at it, it's backwards, so it doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. That's fine. It's always going to be a problem. But yeah, but don't, don't throw the C's. Chicago. No, no, don't do that either. Um, E-Town. <laughs> I just broke Troy. Let's never, do, let's never do that again. Let's never do that again. If you guys could have seen it, that was amazing. Let's, let's I never, made an E with my hand. Let's, let's, E let's, for Evanston. Let's Which never, Troy was, by the way. People in Evanston don't do that. People in Evanston don't. People, they try. People it's so fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Even I, even calling I laugh every time I see somebody say e It just craps me the fuck up. It's Evanston. Stop. You just stop. Sit your ass right down. You or sit down Evanston. Right. Right. With the air quotes. Or, or my personal favorite, the postal abbreviation for Evanston is evil. That's also true. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going up to evil. Yeah. Love that. Stop. Huge fan. <laughs> Huge fan of evil. Um... But yeah, I'm going out there. We're doing they're doing the thing, um, music, and uh, community kind of events kind of thing. Um, I said I was gonna come out. I was gonna do that. So I don't know when it is, but it's going to be in the city. All right. Uh, so we thing. got we got two things going. We're gonna we're gonna plan we're gonna plan a road trip to L.A. and we're gonna do a remote. I'm, well, I'm flying out. Okay. There. Fine. I'm not. Yeah. Road trip implies driving. Okay. I'm not doing that. We're gonna we're gonna. Arrive in LA somehow for step one, <laughs> and then in some future date, Troy gets a choice of locales to come to for my hometowns that are not my hometowns. So I've never lived in it. I'm not from there. Okay. Your choice is Cincinnati or Seattle. We're going to Seattle in the spring. No, actually, we're going to Seattle when the halibut gets caught. That's to be about August. That sounds amazing, dude. We showed up in the, four years ago. We came. We I went hope to Seattle. It rains every day. It didn't. And everything is slick nope. and like green and dreary. Okay. I wanted to rain up from the sidewalks. No. But we got there the first week of the halibut. Well, this is not a thing that you're going to do. This is a thing that you did already. No, we're going to do. No, four, year, four years ago we went in August. All right, all right, all right. And we like this is the best shit ever. Yeah. What do you mean you have fresh halibut? 
You just the season just begun. You caught fresh. Yes, we want all the halibut. Thank you. Yes, you can toss the halibut to and fro. We don't care. Yeah. I would like it's a thing. I would like pounds of that. Yeah. Grill it, please do. And we ate the halibut, and it was the best shit ever. And we sat there and was like, oh, this is green. What's a you know, we have the space needle, the whole thing. It's like, all right, we kind of dig that. Then I went down to Portland. So I had to go to Powell's. Ah, fuck that place. Oh, Powell's is awesome. All right, America. All right, I think this has been. We're good. We can kill it. Okay. We can get back to that later. All right. Because people will still be on that bullshit next time. Yeah, pretty much. Right. This has been. Yes. Episode 26. 26. Of Stakes is High. 27. Oh, 27. That's right. 27. 27. Stakes is High. The Black Nerd Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been Troy Hunter, a.k.a. All Black Guy on all the Twitters and all the social media things, a.k.a. Ill Gates, all up in your area, causing mild hysteria. I am Terry Gant, a.k.a. Doc Midnight, a.k.a. Dread October. This has been fantastic. It's been awesome. It's good to be back. Thank you for spending what is more than likely an hour and a half or so with us this time again. Boom. Again. We had to give it to you. You know, we just can't. Couldn't go, we couldn't go light on you right there. So thank you all for listening. We will check you all. Vote. And deuces. <laughs>